What does it mean to be true? What does it mean to be authentic? How do we live in alignment with our values? How do we even discover what our values are? What do we do if we are stuck between a choice of living true to my values and having financial prosperity or successful career? What if we climb a career path, reach the pinnacle of that field, and we find ourselves miserable? What do we do then? These questions and many more are what Patrick and I discuss in today's conversation. It was a deep dive into living true to your authenticity and what it means to be genuine in our expression of life, navigating the materialistic world that we live in, and finding balance between success and fulfillment in the work that we do. Patrick is a deep thinker. He's a grounding presence. It's a lot of fun to talk to. He's traveled and, and lived in interesting places. He's went to a phenomenal business school in Sweden. So he has a rich depth of experience in his life. And he brings that to the conversation. And it shines through. also love that he has a couple of cats that he and his, his wife have together. They seem like they have a genuine life that they've built that they appreciate and enjoy together, but it wasn't without work. It wasn't without intention. And his approach to intentionally living, I loved his perspective on meditation and bringing awareness to everything that he does. So I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do too. So with that being said, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Order Within, navigating a world of endless chaos and crisis. Many of us are experiencing inner turmoil, insecurity, anxiety, fears, and isolation. These feelings are only being amplified by news cycles, social media, and never-ending political madness. How do we find our way out of the chaos? How do we find strength within ourselves? How do we find meaning in a world driven by materialism? These questions and many more I aim to answer on the show. My goal is to be a trusted guide on your journey to selfhood. May you find what you seek. Hello and welcome to Order Within. I'm your host, Brandon Ward, back with another episode. Another fantastic guest, Patrick Bacane, is a personal development coach. He focuses on high achievers and ambitious professionals. We're going to talk about a lot of things today, Patrick's work, how he helps ambitious individuals and the work that he does in his coaching practice and diving deep into what it means to be authentic and, and living your most authentic life. Patrick and I did a really great exercise, a brief grounding exercise before we got started, just checking in on that internal state, which is really what this show is all about is, is connecting to who we are from within and and making things happen in the world. So Patrick, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Of course, man. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. The initial conversations that I have with guests prior are a good indicator of the ebbs and flows of conversations. And I just appreciate your energy. That's something that I've, even virtually, I feel like you can get a feel and vibe for energy. And you've got a very grounding presence. That's something to me, it's one of those things that people accomplish. They create that in their life. And, you know, I follow you on LinkedIn and check out your content. I love the content you create. One of the things that I appreciate about it is you're very vulnerable and open. You don't, you're not concealing the struggles, the challenges that you face, which to me is a way to build trust. I don't trust people, Patrick, if they can't be honest about their struggles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it, so you are 
honest about that. And I think that takes a lot of courage. I think there's a lot of ways we're going to go with this conversation, but just first and foremost, I think just a congratulations on creating that kind of grounding, authentic presence. It's not something to easily dial into, but it's just something you can experience often when you talk to people. And it's something that I've felt since we met. So I just want to give you kudos for that. Thank you. I think this is something that I work on daily to stay grounded. Mm. And I think it's something that is especially important actually for men, because it's so easy for men, for us men, to get stuck in our head, in our thoughts and achieving stuff and just this manifesting masculine energy. So being grounded is the way for me to just stay in touch with reality so I don't get stuck in my head, in my mind. Because when I'm stuck up here, I'm not my best self. I become more anxious. I become kind of, when you're less grounded, you're like a helium balloon almost as like floating around in the air. So for me, it's constant work to ground myself. It's, it's kind of the most important thing I do. So thank you for seeing that there's a grounded energy and it's not for free. It takes work. You know this as well, I presume. Absolutely. Well, and I love that you said that because it, it does take work and it's not for free. There's, there's a cost, there's a commitment to the process. And I think it's easy to take for granted. Oftentimes we'll interact with people and we'll say, oh, wow, that person's very confident or wow, they're very sure of themselves or they have this grounded presence. Most of the time that's intentional. They, they worked at that. They created that. I was not always this way either, Patrick. I didn't have this grounded stability in myself. The majority of my adolescence was insecure, anxious, all over the place. Just what you were describing about in my head. I love thinking and thinking deeply, but as a youth, I did not understand the value of thinking and then taking action. The action is what grounds us. I mean, even the, the brief exercise that you led us through, it was less than a minute when we started the show, was simply checking in and being present with where we are. But that's an action by observing and seeing where we are, honoring what is, and just being in that moment. It's easy to get analytical and spinning all oh, I'm, I'm this, I'm judging the, all the things. And so it's, that's the work though, isn't it? And that's why it is a practice daily. You got to do it oh. daily. So I'm, I'm curious for you, what, for your daily pack, practice, Patrick, what are some of the things that you do? What are some of the things that help you to stay grounded and focused and intentional? Yeah. I think this kind of connects back to what we did before we started, when we just took this internal check-in that we did to acknowledge what we felt. You said you're a bit on adrenaline and I have some emotions and anxiety pre. And just by acknowledging that, the energy is set free, right? Because the mind is one faculty and the body is another faculty and all, all our emotions live in the body. This is like a tuning fork. So for me, some people have a more regular kind of meditation practice. And I had that before, but I want to see my life as meditation because I want, my intention is to always keep 10, 20, 30% of my awareness within. Even now, as I'm talking to you, I'm constantly keeping my awareness within to see what I'm feeling. So in that way, I can be in tune between, you know, the mind and the body, these two faculties so that can, I can have coherence between these two. So I would say that my life is my meditation. It might sound a bit, I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know how that comes across to say my life is meditation, but if we see meditation as observing ourselves, well, we have an op opportunity to observe ourselves at any second, any time, any moment, in any situation. 
And our body is sending us this constant information of emotions and energies that is moving through us. And when we can be in touch with that and acknowledge that, because a part of being grounded, coming back to what we talked about earlier, is the ability to process emotions, the ability to process energies. And if you're not present for it, it's going to be stuck. It's going to be stuck in the body. If it's not acknowledged, if it's suppressed, it's going to be there. It's going to cause all kinds of havoc. And so for me, it's just this constant practice of being aware. Because if I'm not aware, I'm unconscious. And if I'm unconscious, I'm acting from old programming, old behaviors, Mm. things that I've been taught. So um, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I approach it. That is kind of, I make my life, my habits to observe myself so that I can become more self-aware. Patrick, that's, it's great because what you've done in many ways, and this is something that I struggled early with meditation when I was just learning about all these things, is it, you demystified meditation. And I, and I think because that being a practice, it's easy to get caught up in, because there's, there's all types of meditations. You can do guided meditations. You can do uh, closed eye meditation, visualization meditations, healing, all this stuff, yoga, right? But to your point, Meditation for me, and I love the way you describe that, is simply being aware and observing where we are in the moment and living your life as a meditation or at least the practice of it. Because as you said, you fall out of it. That's where we recognize. And when we're not present, when we're not aware, we're not living consciously. In my mind, that's the magic of awakening. It's not having all the answers to everything, it's, but it's simply being present with what is and being intentional about bringing our awareness and our consciousness to everything that we do. A story that, I, that stands out to me as, as you were sharing that was a story of the Buddha. And it's, he's with his followers or students and he's talking to them. And during this lecture, as he was sharing with them, they're all sitting in seated lotus position and he swats at a fly. And he's doing this, he's having a conversation with them he stops and he says, wait a second, I I just did that unconsciously. I just swatted at the fly. So he takes a moment to come back to the moment in awareness and say, I'm going to now move this fly. I'm moving intentionally and being aware. But it's, it's that moment of bringing our awareness to literally everything that we do, even the smallest things are what brings us to the present. And there's power in that. So I love the, in your explanation, you simplify what meditation is because if we're just getting started with meditation, we can make it into this huge thing that it's not. And simply learning to be present with our body, our emotions, our thoughts can take us a very, very long way in terms of our growth. Yeah. And I think most people starting with meditation, there's this pitfall, which is you try to induce a certain state. You think, now I'm going to try to be calm or whatever. No, like if you feel like shit, you feel like shit. If you feel anxious, you feel anxious. Okay, can you be with that? Can you be present for it? Now, you know, I can, just to give you some context, I have been practicing Vipassana meditation, which is mm. this, actually the technique that Buddha finally found enlightenment through, uh, funnily mm. enough. And so I've been doing three times, 10 days in, in silence, in total silence, and just meditating for 10, 12 hours per day. So there are immense benefits. Those have been some of the most painful and struggling days of my life but I have been able through just this practice of being able to be with myself both with my physical pain my internal pain the joy the elation everything in between the insights 
just coming back to that being being able to face anything because if we can face anything within ourselves anything we feel anything we experience then how can we not we can face that in the external world because once we faced ourselves then the, because all the things we fear we're you know that we fear facing in the external world relationships hard conversations avoiding pain all those things when we face those things in ourselves and we realize that everything is just this reflection it's all reflecting back stuff at you and you uh, apply that ma- mindset like you become literally unstoppable because you have faced yourself and i think meditation is a great way to do that and once you learn the practice of observing yourself you can go out in life and apply that so you can become a grounded present human being and you can be there for it and you can be there for the struggle and you can be there for the highs and the lows and the joy and the grief and everything that comes with being a human being and being alive feeling the whole spectrum not just just chasing the light and believing mm-hmm. that you'll always be happy or this eternal state of bliss like no it's going to be everything it's going to be the whole spectrum of things and if you can be with everything on that spectrum i say that emotions are energy so when the more of the spectrum of energy the more of the emotions we can feel and understand because all emotions have something to tell us they have something that to teach us and i say that the wisdom comes on the other side of a felt emotion so you have to be able to fully process the emotion to be present with it and on the other side of having felt that fully then comes the embodied wisdom or the insights from that man it's powerful and there's a lot there that you shared that i think is very important to understand if we're exploring these things or because it's easy to get caught up in judging ourselves you mentioned it earlier the anxious state or whatever we're feeling i think when people come into meditation at first they they have this idea like as you said you're trying to get to this space where you don't have thoughts or what do i do if i have all these thoughts and oh, I'm failing in meditation now that the, the critical mind starts snowballing and you're judging yourself and then you retreat from meditation because you, you think you're a failure at it. But the reality is, as you said, Patrick, it's the practice and process of observing what is. And the work becomes in honoring what is regardless of what it is without judging what's there. And What makes being human beautiful is that we experience a wide range of emotions, sadness, grief, joy, bliss, pain, struggle. If we didn't have those things, life would be very mundane and boring. And one of the things that turned me away from a lot of the self-help new age stuff is the obsession with positivity and focusing on the light and all of these things because we never really fully actualize until we embrace and embody our full self, which is the light and dark. Reality is reflected in those polarities. We don't exist physically without negative and positive polarities. The moon and the sun, masculine and feminine, all of these things, right, are reflected in our world around us. And it's the true, true for us as well. So I love that you said that because I think that's so critical to, to understand, especially if we're new to this work, it's prop, you're probably going to walk into a shit show of an inner world if we haven't been doing this stuff because our thoughts are everywhere. We're anxious. We have all this anger, dude. I had so much anger, Patrick, that I had to work through when I was starting here and I had no idea how critical I was of myself, but anyway, it's. I love that because it's just so important to realize 
there really isn't, I think the only right way is just being present with what is and doing our best to not judge what we're seeing and trying to understand and have empathy and compassion for those components of ourselves, because that's really what heals is accepting and embracing what is and honoring what is so we can learn from it. Because you said it, man, it's energy, right? It is. And you're pointing to something very important here is either you're in the, either you're the judge or you're an observer. And when you're in the state of being a judge, you judge your every feeling, your every thought, you judge how you come across for other people. So as long as you're, you're stuck in the stage of being the judge of yourself and judging yourself, you're going to be stuck in this limited identity that you created for yourself during your upbringing and childhood to get love and recognition and approval and all those things. And that identity is needed for us to survive. Like we need to be functional, adapted human beings. But at a point in your life that what I call the limited self, it becomes limiting for you. So in order to transcend the limited self and step into a more authentic self and embodied self, knowing yourself, understanding yourself, so you can live out your full potential, you need to first kind of decode that limited self. And you you don't decode the limited self by judging it. You decode it by observing it. I sometimes describe it like as you play a video game. You're either in first person view or your third person view. So I, when I coach people, I, I recommend them to like look at themselves in just like a third person view. Observe everything. Observe your patterns. Use your sense making to see pattern, pattern recognition so that you can understand, oh, I have this pattern. I see it's recurring. Okay. Can, can I be curious about it instead of being judgmental about it? Like, oh, why is this? Where does this come from? Why do I feel this deep-seated resentment towards my partner, for instance? I've had a lot of deep-seated resentment towards my wife. And I needed, it's not beautiful to look at feeling resentment towards your partner. But if I don't acknowledge it and become curious about why is that? Where is that coming from? Then it's always going to be there. I'm going to repress it and it's going to come out in these unhealthy ways. So that's just an example in my life, how I've had to observe these emotions and So resentment is not a bad emotion in itself. It points me to something. Resentment points to a lack of boundaries. It points to not having expressed my authentic needs and not having them met in in a conscious way. So that's just an example of what emotions can teach us if we become curious and observe them rather than being judgmental or not believing that certain emotions are okay. You've had anger. I've been to retreat. I was at a retreat in Portugal and I, I was going through this kind of, it was in the middle of my kind of individuation from my family, so to speak, that has been happening under the last decade. We all, we all have good relationships now, but there was this one relationship that my whole life had been complicated and toxic. And we went into this room, we were 140 people and we had this thing called an anger burn. So we were just allowed to, they had boxing bags, they had mattresses, they played Rammstein and Metallica, and we just, you know, <laughs> let all hell loose in there, 140 people acting like crazy monkeys. And I had this one time, I, I took a pillow and I, I imagined I, I suffocated this person. Okay, so is that okay to do such a thing? Well, that's a healthy outlet for anger. I'm just allowing it in a health way to be, you know, it's better that I do it with this pillow than that I go back and actually try to kill her or him. I didn't do that. Of course, it wasn't that. Just allowing that anger to be set free so that we can process it because otherwise it's going gonna, it's gonna to be there and it's not going to be processed and you're gonna, it's going to come out on other people. In the it end. spills out, doesn't it? That's, 
And Patrick, that's what ends up happening when we don't process those emotions, those feelings, especially negative emotions, they build up. And the more we resist them, the more we try and turn away, the more the shadow grows. Because that's the shadow self. It's the dark side, if you will. But it's, it only becomes a demon or a dragon or however you want to describe it when you ignore it. And you, because you feed it by turning away. Our light is the light of consciousness, right? Which brings this into those challenging points. And that's a great example with the resentment piece and how you torture your family member. Because that's allowing that anger to be present in a healthy, expressive way. Once you let that out, you can heal. You can learn from it. You can understand, wait, okay, this is why I was feeling that. These are some things that, oh, now I'm remembering from my childhood. We had these experiences, maybe. And so there's these lingering things. Emotions are signals to something, right, to your point, and they're communicating to us a deep level of wisdom if we're willing to look at it. But the challenge is, is we're afraid of those things. We're afraid of ourself, our fr and we're taught negative feelings, bad feelings. We've got to run away from them or whatever it is. But that's actually what creates those blow-up moments. That's what creates the real harm. If you didn't honor those things, you might have actually done harm to somebody in, in a real tangible way. And that kind of stuff happens a lot is we keep shoving those feelings down and then eventually it erupts. And honestly, domestic violence happens like that. Murders happen that way. Like crazy things happen when we don't honor the darkness, if you will. Yep. Agree. 100%. Yeah. And, so, you know, so boy. it's so important to just take full responsibility for your every emotion. Because whatever you don't take responsibility for is going to energetically spill over on other people. You might not even be aware of it, you know, but it's going to spill over energetically. So it, it, it is really a, a practice of taking full responsibility for your inner world and creating that order within as this podcast is aptly named. <laughs> Which is cool, man. That's And the, the really, I appreciate the, the kind of mini shout out there with the show. That's really the concept that spawned me to create it was because I, I worked to create that in myself. And as I had mentioned earlier, the anger piece, what caused me to start healing and reflecting was I was losing my temper on people that I cared about over the dumbest things. And I was doing that third person observation of myself in those moments or post those moments. And I would think how ridiculous it was that I was blowing up on my friends over these things. Like I was taking everything personally. I was being very negative. But what it was communicating, Patrick, was I had a lot of healing that need to be done and need to be looked at. And that anger was the signal that things were out of whack within myself. And it wasn't until I started working through that stuff. But that anger was a blessing. Because I'm a fiery person and it's that healthy fire that was communicating to me that I needed healing. But it, it, if we don't honor that, our anger can be explosive. It can be aggressive. It can be negative. And to your point, it's like, that's why doing that work is so important, man. And, and really hitting these things head on because the signals, the wisdom in our emotions is so powerful. That's also why I'm a firm believer that there's so much order in the universe that we live within because there's so much wisdom around us showing us and how we can move and progress and grow. And so, Patrick, for you, is that a big part of your work in terms of helping your clients like identify 
some of these emotions? Like how do you work with emotions in your clients or in your life that, that helps them make these breakthroughs? Can I ask you a question before I, because I got curious? Of course. Yeah, please. What did you, when you worked with your anger, what did you find? Did you find something beneath your anger? Absolutely. There was, and it, this was a process over years that I discovered there that took me, and there were certain points when I read some authors or, and learned about work, specific works like Alice Miller's work on the drama of the gifted child and, and kind of being neglected in childhood helped me see a lot of the anger and pain that I had towards my parents and the way that I was raised. So I had to, cause I had my own experience like you described with a family member. It wasn't with a pillow specifically, but I wrote a letter to my parents on my computer. I remember this and I was just angry and I felt rage, like literal, the feeling of wanting to murder really that, that fire, but it was, it was all that pent up resentment for not feeling accepted and loved and honored in the way that I wanted to be. But what I then, the, the deeper realization was realizing that my parents may never give me that. And it wasn't their responsibility in the sense of feeling that love. And it was when I realized that by doing that myself, by loving myself and honoring myself in the way that I wish my parents had, I had this new connection with my inner world and my being in a way that I never had to where I came into learning to love myself genuinely and being who I was genuinely. And that's really how I work through a lot of that anger. And I, dude, I'm still a very fiery, passionate person, but I, it's rare that I lose like my anger used to dominate me and I would lose control of myself. It's rare that I, I have those moments to where I've lost control of myself. I now am able to take the fire that I feel in moments and direct it and use it when it's necessary because of that reconnecting with myself. So I think that answers your question. I hope it does, but. Yeah. And I, especially speaking of internal awareness, I especially felt the part when you expressed the learning to love yourself and accept yourself and giving yourself what you need. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear that your, your work has paid off in a more, more self-love, more self-acceptance. That's a really, I'm happy for you to hear that you've been doing that work. Well, Patrick, um, shout out to Dr. Margaret Paul, that her inner bonding process. It was her book, Healing Your Aloneness that I read that, hmm. and I had, she was a guest on my show when I started bringing guests on, which is like an incredible honor too, because she's, her work literally changed my life, but it was, it's, it was learning to parent myself that mm. changed because you, you realize it's our actions that enable us to heal. And, and we show ourselves how much we care through the actions that we take. And it's true for people in our life. That's true for the work that we do. And that's also when I realized aligning your words with your actions matter, especially as men, man, like we have to honor, like aligning what we say and what we do are so critical because if we don't do that we're not living the most integrity driven lives that we can and that undermines trust and stability and all those things as men and in our society and i think to be honest it's a huge component 
to where we are today in the struggles that we're facing as a humanity is because as men, we, we still have so much progress and work to do and, and grounding in this work. <laughs> yeah. No, integrity, as you say, words and action in harmony. The only way to really live if you want to be, be well and have yeah. healthy relationships with yourself and with others. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, so but, Patrick, um, for, but yeah, so you asked me a question though, but did, I'm, yeah. I'm still, I'm curious, you yep. know, what, what are, when you're engaging with more negative or, or challenging emotions, mm. I, I assume this comes up a lot in the work you're doing with clients because it's impossible to have breakthroughs without kind of looking at the mirror, right? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. No, we've been going pretty deep here and real and speaking about suffocating and murdering people. But, you know, um, with a bit of a lighter touch, you know, we don't have to go that far. Not everyone has to go that far. But, you know, of course we have to go, go deep. But I think we, we touched upon decoding the kind of limited self. And just to give a bit of a context of the work I do with these ambitious professionals and high performers is I, I say that there are two mountains we need to climb in life. There's the external mountain and the internal mountain. And for these people, I come from a background. I went to the top business school in, in Sweden and one of the top business schools in, in Europe and the world called Stockholm School of Economics. So I had this traditional kind of career where I was a management consultant and had a career and all the people around me, they went into management consulting and banking and became successful entrepreneurs and they started unicorns and all kinds of things. And, but my journey I realized pretty early on that this external mountain I was climbing wasn't really giving me the fulfillment that I was looking for. That led me to, I needed to step out of my old reality, my old life. I, I lived in Stockholm at that point. I had my own company as an entrepreneur and it, was, it just wasn't giving me the meaning and fulfillment that I had experienced before. So that was my, when I decided to reboot my life and move to this island called Gotland where I live now and I done a bunch of inner work and self-exploration for over a decade to really find out like who am I on a deeper level and what, because in order to feel fulfilled, you need to be able to give yourself what you need. So you need to know who you are to be able to give yourself what you, what you want and what you need out of life. But back to these mountains. So I started with scaling this external mountain, Mount Achievement, we can call it for these ambitious professionals. And then there come, for me, it came to a point where I needed to scale my inner mountain because the, one of the most common misconceptions is that we believe that if we just achieve that thing, or if we transform the external world, I'm going to feel different in my internal world. Well, actually, the only way to transform your inner state and your inner world, yes, you're going to have to face challenges in the external world, and that is how you grow, but you have to transform your inner state. And... For these people who come to that point, I call it the now what moment. They're like, okay, I've done the thing. I've accrued value and money and status and success. And I've gotten to the position I want and I have the family and I have the kids. But still, there's something deep within them that is whispering. Like, I have it all, but yet there's a lack of meaning or fulfillment. A true lack of being alive, switched on, feeling purpose and those things. And that is where the journey of self-exploration starts. So I'm like a Sherpa for their inner mountain. And once we be begin on that trek on, on the inner mountain and they learn to observe themselves and understand their emotions and what their true values are, like it's this journey of internal self-awareness, right? And emotions, as we have pointed out, is a super critical way because that is like 
if we use our mind to understand our emotions as our compass, like what are my emotions trying to tell me? We might not know because once they have stepped off this first external mountain, Mount Achievement, to step on at a later point to Mount Authenticity, you don't like, it took me 10 years. And that's why I'm passionate about doing this with other people, because it doesn't have to take 10 years. <laughs> yeah, you can collapse time. But, S- but Similar, once, by the way, Patrick. It's yeah. Like very decade it's, plus same. Like, yeah. It's, it's so it doesn't have to work. take 10 years, though. That's no, sure. it doesn't have to. Uh, <laughs> it's good to have a Sherpa on it. But when you don't have to have a clear idea at the starting point, like, oh, this is my new mountain. But most people want, like, they want to fly helicopter from one mountain to the next. But you have to go down into the valley. You have to descend into the valley. And when you follow your emotions, when you learn to follow your, when you learn what your true values are, you have compass and you start to see a path towards your mountain. So I think the work is to learn to teach people to start walking their authentic path. And by doing that, they will find their mountain because ambitious professionals, they want to scale mountains. They want to achieve stuff. They want to have their gifts and experiences be used for, to make a sense of, to have a sense of contribution, to have an impact in the world. And that's why I love working with these people. They are already achieved, they're ambitious, they're driven, and I get so much energy from doing work with them. So if they have been scaling this external mountain, I have been scaling this internal mountain, and then we meet on these mountaintops. (laughs) So we can help each other, like I can support them in finding their next mountain, which is a more authentic one. But it is about going inward and understanding who you are and getting the tools for that and being seen in a new way and understanding where that limited self, that ego identity gets in the way because it's been programmed so hard that we come to believe that that is who we are. All those things, the fears, the limitations, the need for approval, seeking. I speak about, and you can interrupt me if you think I'm speaking to speak too much, you want to ask a question, but. I talk about externalized sense of self-worth is because it's so important for so many people how we're seen by others and getting that love and approval and recognition. But if that is also if how others feel about us is how we feel about ourselves, then our sense of self-worth is going to be like a stock market. It's going to go up and down with how other people see us. So your sense of self-worth is going to always be externalized until you start living authentically living, honoring yourself, your values, and disappointing as many people as it takes to not disappoint yourself. To be on your authentic path, and despite external pressures, and despite opinions, and despite what your family thinks, or whatever it is. So you're going to have to break free from that version of yourself that is caught up in how other people, in getting other people to see in a certain way. And getting that recognition and approval because that is out of your control. But you can live authentically to yourself and true to yourself. But that is, it sounds easy to live true to yourself, right? But you have to face, first of all, you have to be willing to face yourself with compassion and grace and and those things. And then also start to be really honest in your relationships with your partner, with your business partners, with your family. It's hard because you've suppressed those things for so long. You think that the truth is dangerous. So you're afraid of the truth. Mm -hmm. I'll stop there. Well, a lot of people are afraid of the truth, Patrick. And I love the analogy of the two mountains, the external mountain and the internal mountain. That's really brilliant way to put it because most of the way our culture and society globally, I mean, because we lived in, I say 
westernized world mostly is dominates the media as the westernized way of operating, right? And that's Europe, US. So we're both in the westernized world. We were educated. I went to business school as well, not as prestigious school as the school you went to, but we're led to believe that the external achievements, the external mountain you described is where our fulfillment is found. And there's a component that's true to that. If only that external mountain is from our internal mountain. And that, and I love that because you, when you climb the internal mountain, you're now looking out on the landscape and you go, there's my mountain that I'm going to climb because it's coming from within. I, I found the same thing in a different path, realizing that external achievement is not the mode and means to fulfillment unless it's aligned with your internal values. That's the hmm. only way we find fulfillment. And we are misled in many ways. And so many of us fall in that trap, particularly high achieving people, entrepreneurs, high accomplished professionals. They're driven to make impact. They want to help people. They want to be of service. Those are all incredible components and values to live by, but they're often misdirected into what the world has led us to believe is it's through those accomplishments, through the titles, through the authority, the, the status, but none of that means anything if it's not connected to who we are from within. And that's looking at what really matters to us, despite what our family may think, despite what our communities may think, right? And that's the courage that's required to do this work because it's terrifying. We're tribal creatures. We have been throughout all of human history. We've survived by the tribe. And it takes a lot of courage to step outside of that community, that tribal component, embark on a mission of our own, a journey of our own. But the beauty of that, Patrick, and I love that this is where your work lies because you come from that world first and foremost, so you can relate to a lot of those individuals. But second, when people like high achieving individuals align their internal values with the work that they're doing in the world, the world transforms. And that's where technology comes from. That's where innovation comes from. That's where the entire healthcare industry gets transformed. All of those things become possible. Energy that we've never known before. All of that stuff comes to be because that internal alignment is now aligned with that external effort. And to me, Patrick, that's the way we truly create a heaven on earth, if you will, not this effortless, whimsical utopia of never struggling. It's we create this incredible world when people align their passions with their action in their life and they go out and they build those things. We're not looking for external saviors. We're not expecting the government to come do it. We're not expecting Jesus. And I, dude, I love Christ. I'm a big believer in it, but it's... <laughs> We're not waiting for anybody to come and change the world or save us or rescue us. It's turning into that power that we've been given and tapping into our creative power and then applying it to the world. When people start doing that, we're unstoppable, man. And so I love that that's really the focus of that work. And those two mountainous, that, that's, an, that's a great analogy to represent because so many of us focus on the external mountain of achievement, not realizing that. The internal mountain is what allows us to truly master accomplishment in the world. So that's phenomenal, man. Yeah. And I just got to say amen to, to all you said there. It <laughs> resonates highly with me. And I thank you for also putting it in a bigger perspective of the impact that it has with these people that I work with, because our character is defined by what we're able to overcome. 
It's not only, it's not about the success moments. And I say that the biggest 10x factor you can have is purpose. People speak about habits and stuff, but, and those are important. But if on the bigger scale, when you're aligned, when you're living your values and purpose, that was makes, that is what makes you able to overcome. That is what makes it worth overcoming those big struggles. That is it. That is it. I think if we want to achieve great things, purpose, being aligned and living purpose is the best way to be able to achieve that because you're going to be able to face more hardship, more adversity, more struggle. The obstacle is the way, as Marcus Aurelius once put it. Mm, yep. Well, one of my favorite books of all time is, is Victor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. Mm. And, and he talks about the individuals that were able to survive the Holocaust and the terrible situation that was the Nazi regime and what was happening during that time. The people that survived were the ones that had a sense of purpose and meaning. And for Victor, that was his wife. And he ends up, which she ended up passing away during that time. She was killed in, the, in one of the camps. He didn't know that, but it was his vision of her and him wanting to reconnect with her and him thinking of their memories together allowed him to survive the camps. And then go on to have an incredible career as a medical doctor and a psychiatrist based on the learnings that he found in his time in the Nazi camps, the concentration camps. Hmm. Because I love that, Patrick. It's exactly what you're describing, though. It's that purpose, that meaning, whatever that is. And it's going to be unique to each of us. We find it when we reflect from within, though. And a lot of times... We can think we have found our purpose, but that's actually what's been given to us from our family or our society or our culture. And unless we do the work to reflect on it and ensure that it's aligned, we can go down rabbit holes, if you will. I, I know I did. I, it's for me, I think back. I always I'm like, man, it would be so great to know these things when I was younger. But then I quickly am a remind I remind myself that I wouldn't be here if I didn't go through all these struggles, these challenges, these obstacles. And I love that you bring up Marcus Aurelius because that is when we have that mindset of the obstacle is truly the way, we start to live our life like a, the hero's journey. We become now the heroes of our own lives. And I think in particular for men, a heroic life, a noble life, a virtuous life, is where we find our purpose and meaning. And that gives us that power, that force to face a world that, to be frank, doesn't really encourage us to be free thinkers, to be on our own. If there's anything that the powers that be fear, it's an awakened, enlightened, <laughs> driven population, if you will. But anyway, I know I got a little, but... No, I love uh, it. I, I love it. And I love the energy that you bring when you're saying this. I can tell as I observe you that is close to heart for you. And I think that's a beautiful thing because this comes from a place of true conviction in you and from your own experiences and what you've learned about yourself in the world. And it shines through. So I think it's beautiful. Thanks, man. Well, I appreciate that, Patrick. It, it brings hope to me knowing that there are people out there doing this work though, because there's a lot of opportunity and, and needs for us to tap into this energy. And it's great that you're doing this, Patrick. You're doing the, the things that you're doing because I think there are a lot of people that get sucked up into the system and into our system of, of that's the social structures that have been created 
Mm. And that creative, powerful, meaningful, purposeful energy that could be directed to that heartfelt mission is directed towards keeping the machine going and humming and allowing, doing the work that helps people pull the ripcord of that and then gumming into themselves and then applying that creative power in the world is truly how we're going to change and transform our world together as humans. So I love it, Patrick, in the way you're doing your work, you're contributing to that mission. Thank you. I, I feel that I'm doing a, a contribution and I'm living my own purpose. It's not easy. It's building your own business and being an entrepreneur and a coach. It, it's a struggle. But those are, once again, the struggles that define us. And if it's real, that's the cool thing with coaching is that it's a low barrier to entry and a high barrier to success. So if you're not aligned with purpose in coaching, if you're in it only for the money, it's not going to be worth it. It's not going to be worth getting out there, getting rejected, all the no's that you need to handle, all the everything, because you have to transform yourself as a human being to be able to be a coach. Um, mm. The kind of coach I am, at least personal development coach. So it, it has been a tremendous growth journey being on this coaching path. And But I do it because I feel called to do it. There's no other way to, to do it. I, sometimes I wake up and I wonder, like, why am I doing this? Not in the sense of like, but it's just hard. It's hard, but that's especially coming point, from a management know? consultant background where you had a bit <laughs> business from that perspective, right? Like it's way easier to like when you, you probably think, man, I wish I could just keep rocking those big consulting contracts and working for big companies. And it's like, it, it can be seductive, can it? Of course, of course. It's uh, a lot of honey in that trap, but um, I think, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. Just coming back to us, I think you asked about doing this deep inner work with emotions and, and stuff like that. I think just want to highlight like one of the things that kind of the way I view coaching and what it is, like what is the power of a coaching container? And this comes back also to the power of authenticity is that for me, coaching is based on an energetic kind of resonance. There's this open space, like you can feel it, the resonance in your body with another human being and you feel that there's this charge that is created from two people coming together and when you can create that space in that space whatever is meant to happen and unfold unfolds by itself when we remove our personalities or our egos out of the way and just allow that open space that open channel between two human beings because i think deep down we're social human beings we're wired for connection and coaching is a form of for in the best case, it's a form of authentic, deep, meaningful connection where you can be seen and supported by another human being in a way that you've never experienced before. That's the cool thing with coaching. And it's, the, it's a different modality than therapy, in my perspective. Therapy is more you need that space to, to be listened to and to heal. And there's transformative power in therapy. But for me, coaching is just... I think a lot of people's perhaps, at least in Sweden, where I come from, there's this kind of coaching and therapy might be a bit in the same kind of bundle together, but there is a difference. And I think coaching is about helping people achieve what they want to achieve also and moving them forward in a positive way. So I love doing it. And that's why I uh, persist through the hardships and the adversity. Well, I love that you bring that up, man, because honestly, Patrick, that's really the, if you, the bigger the vision, the bigger the mountain that you want to climb, the more obstacles along the way, the, the more connection you're going to have to have something deeper to, to be able to push through. Because as you said, 
if you're doing something purely now, some people are wired purely for material. Like they seem, I'm, I'm mystified by the people that seem so driven by <laughs> material accomplishment or, or making money. I've, I've never been able to understand that because I've never been wired that way. And I've never really interact. I've interacted with some people in the business world that are like that, but most of the people that I connect with and have connected with over my life are not wired that way either. They're driven by meaning. They're driven by purpose. They're driven by service. And when you're setting out to do something and create and be of service and build something on your own, it's really tough to do unless your heart's not fully in it. Because there's, as you said, man, there's a lot of days, nights you wake up in the middle of the night wondering money. You're thinking, oh, there's a lot of things that can happen that challenge us. And if we're not really committed to the work, the process, my wife and I were just talking about that today, this morning that we get so fixated on end states that if we're focused only on the end state, it's not likely we're going to reach it because the work is the process of reaching it. You're climbing the mountain. And if you're only thinking about getting to the mountaintop and you're dreading the whole climb, you're most likely not going to make the ascent. It's just because it you got to dig deep within yourself on these things. And so I think I love that one, you recognize that in yourself. I, I, the same thing, honestly, building a podcast, what my wife's doing with her business. We do a lot of work where we don't make no money. And so it's, it's, but that's the commitment. That's why that heart, that meaning, that purpose is so critical because we also believe in the vision and we know we're going to achieve wonderful things and accomplish wonderful things. But we wouldn't have the lasting power if our hearts and spirits weren't in it. I think that's why it's so important to realize that, Patrick, right? And so from your perspective, I would love to know how you may navigate that lack of clarity with clients, maybe how you help them come into finding clarity of purpose and, and what that looks like in your practice. Yeah. Can I come in with a couple of points? Because I really resonated with what you said there. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Just bring some some things that I think are might be of value. And, and the first thing is, if it wasn't hard, then somebody would have already done it. That's number one. If we want to achieve something, it's going to be hard. But I think also, we speak a lot here about living our values and understanding our values so we can live a life of true purpose and meaning of cont and of contribution. I say that values aren't worth something until they cost you something. Because you can express your values and you can, you can be virtuous about them, but until they have been tested and true in real life. You can speak about them. They can be lofty words, but, and the path that I've chosen over the last decade, you have to remember, I come from this business background with all these achieved people, accomplished people. And I have made tremendously expensive choices to be where I am. Uh, from a purely financial, and you spoke about people doing things for the external, for, for money. But I think there's, I want to highlight something there because there's a difference between extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. Extrinsic is about success, it's about status, it's about fame, it's about how you're seen by others. Mm. And then there's intrinsic motivations, like being driven by a sense of being of service, contribution, but also wanting to create wealth is not a, an ugly thing. It's, and that's something that I, for a long time, I, when I left the kind of traditional successful path to find myself, I said like, oh, money doesn't matter. It doesn't make you happy. 
la la la. And it's true in one sense, but I, what I really was doing, I was projecting a judgment because what I really deep down have always longed for is to build value, is to build something, is to, to, to provide for my family. Mm. But, I, but until I acknowledged that for myself, because I thought it was ugly to like money or want to have nice things. Eckhart Tolle said this beautiful thing. He says, I like nice things. I'm just not attached to them. And I think, <laughs> but where I am now is like, I ha I've had to acknowledge that one of the values I need in my life is, or that is important to me to actually create value, to have a financial stability, to be able to enjoy the freedoms of life. And I've sacrificed my, a lot of my platform to live in alignment and to be living in truth with myself. I don't know if it would have needed to be so costly as it had, as it had been, but there's also important to acknowledge that like living your truth can be extremely expensive mm. just in terms of not doing, going down the path that is expected or going up the ladder, the way that just another rung and another, I just wanted to, I don't know. I just wanted to infuse that also into this discussion. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you did Patrick, because I think that's a great point because I, I've also struggled with that. And I've also had, I, I, I have deep desires to be financially successful, financially free. The vision that my wife and I have for our life is not one of penny pinching and which again, that's there, there are the whole fire movement, financial independence, like living, living within your means. There's a lot of wisdom in that. Her and I have a big vision and we love material things. We love nice things. There's, we have a vision for a beautiful home here in Charlotte on the lake. So I love that you say that Patrick too, because it is, and I did, I lived in California for almost a decade. I went through this very free floaty ungrounded i'm better than it was the spiritual narcissism the spiritualized ego just as you were saying about money I know, like, I know oh, that <laughs> yeah right i know I'm, I, I guarantee you do and <laughs> and i was deeply unhappy and unsatisfied in that point and it wasn't and i've actually been doing of late the last few months doing internal work on my beliefs and perspectives around wealth and finances, listening to, to guided meditations to deepen in my connection with wealth and money, because I have a deep desire to be wealthy. And I have for a long time, and I've struggled with that dynamic. But to your point, that it's not wrong to want those things and, and to want to build, a, have financial freedom and have security for your family. The challenge is if we if it overrides the internal values that we have, if we start sacrificing things that are really important to us, that's where it becomes problematic, right? Is when we, we negate the things that truly matter to us. And because that's a great point you brought up. It's okay to love money and love material things and to have a, a wealthy, good, high quality life. It's just the challenge is, is making sure that we're living an integrity driven life and that we're being honorable, I think, in the way we're doing it. And the way we're creating that wealth and your yeah. story, Patrick, and what we're doing, like my wife and I, what we're, it's aligning our values with the desire to build, but around work that's aligned with our internal world, that intrinsic motivation. So I don't doubt you're going to create this incredible wealth for your family and what you're doing in, for your future, but it's going to be the, the path that's aligned with you through your coaching practice and the work that you're doing, as opposed to taking the corporate path, the management consultant path, which was obviously misaligned with what you were doing. Yeah. Th thank you, Brandon. And it's when you said that, I felt that 
inside of me. I felt seen by you when you said, I, I believe that you will create that for yourself. And I think the reason I still feel it like a, it's an emotional thing there is because I think for a long time, my low sense of real sense of self-worth, I didn't believe I deserved it. I didn't think mm. I was worthy. I didn't think I deserved it. So I think also in order to to create the life we want and that we might not even believe is possible, we need to believe and feel that we're, we're worthy of it. Not only the material things, but having that deep sense of self-worth, uh, self-love, self-compassion, and so that we can go out and embody that authentic version of ourselves that can actually start to bring in those things in our life energetically that we strive for and that we want to create. Yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that I felt I felt seen by you when you said that, and I appreciate that because it's taken me some a lot of work to to feel that I am actually worth it myself. So I think that's mm. why it was so close to heart. So thank you. Yeah, of course, man. Well, I mean, I can relate, Patrick, because that's something that I'm still working through too. And it's creating connections and community through friendships, through partnerships, through romantic relationships. The people that are around us matter in this sense if they're honoring those deeper parts of ourselves man and so the aim is to hopefully find people that are surrounded by who we are and see us for what we are and again it's like one of the privileges of being able to do this because i feel like i don't know man like the work when you do this work your radar for authenticity and how people are also you 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 really get a sense of like i don't know if that person's genuine versus i can tell that this person and that doesn't mean that we don't struggle we don't stumble along the way we don't make mistakes but you can tell when someone's committed to living their path and living true to who they are despite of how we often try and sabotage, not even try, but how we sabotage ourselves and trying to live true to those values. It's that to me, Patrick, is the hero's journey, is honoring those values and committing ourselves to that work. Anyway, I'm happy to do it. I, I see it in you and I really, I, again, I really feel there's a tribe, there's a collective of people in the world out there doing this work at individual levels and collectively we're all contributing to the raising of humanity and the consciousness of humanity but it's done through intentional connection and the day-to-day -day grind if you will but it's fulfilling when it's aligned with your heart and your spirit so mm. again man i just glad you're out there doing it patrick honestly <laughs> <laughs> thank you you asked me that question earlier, and I, I'm happy to to answer that, which is how I work with my clients. Yes, please. That'd be great. Um, yeah. I think on the top level, it is the work I do is a lot about helping people to learn how to decode themselves, to cultivate that inner connection and awareness and understanding themselves, their emotions, so that more of their authentic self can, or becoming more self-realized. And in the coaching sessions, it's a lot about being present exactly where, where we are. Because we spoke about emotions as energy and we spoke about having this internal awareness. I recommend my clients when we work that as they speak with me to have an internal awareness, to always feel like when I say, when they say something, what emotion does that bring up? Nothing or something or sadness or we like, so 
by helping them to become very in touch and in tune with themselves. That is how I help them remove blockages and remove limiting beliefs or old programming so that more of that energy that is pent up in fear or worry or avoidance, all that energy is stuck, it's pent up. So as I help, as we work together, as this flow is created between us, there's this, the energy becomes free between us and the energy in them is allowed to be set free. And all that energy that is pent up when we are able to acknowledge our emotions or our fears or seeing a new perspective, all that energy is then set free. And, and you can use it in your forward momentum to create more of what you want to achieve. And, but it is, a, is, so it's a combination of many modalities, but it's also, it is, deep down about helping people understand themselves, who they really are deep, deep down, and all those layers that are in the way that we get to remove through uh, exercises and the coaching so that they can use all that energy and all their brilliance and all their greatness to actually achieve great things that are aligned with who they are and their deeper purpose. Oh, so. man, that's great. Well, that's what great coaches do, Patrick, is they hold that mirror, they challenge people, they push their limits, they help them see what lives inside of them already. And I love that because it's acknowledging what is, and you help people to see that. And I think that's why this work is so important. And I'm glad for, there's a lot of crazy things happening in our world as it currently is. We're January, 2024 now, which is bizarre, like thinking about a kid watching some of the movies. And these were like the future yeah. times where we were like, Cars are supposed to be flying at this point, according to Back to the Future and stuff like that. But it's just so bizarre where we are now. But it's also very encouraging that these things, these concepts, meditation, prayer, self-awareness, all of these things are, are becoming far more commonplace. And modern neuroscience is validating a lot of these ancient practices and wisdoms that have been around for centuries. So it's so great because it's allowing us to come at these things from all these different angles that may reach into somebody and connect with them and be like, oh, wow, okay, wait, I actually, meditation isn't as scary as I thought it was, or journaling isn't just for teenage girls to do in junior high or something. It's like, all these things have value and we're learning that now through modern science and modern, like the brain science is insane. Like it's so cool, Patrick. And, and it's terrifying and also amazing the times we're living in. So I'm just, I do my best to be hopeful and positive where we can while also looking at reality, knowing we also have a lot of work to do and a lot of progress that we can make in our world. But Never ignoring how far we've come, I think, as a species in general, and just being able to reflect back and look even 100 years ago, man, like 50 years ago, think what we're doing right now was impossible to even envision. And you and I are having a deep, involved conversation on the other side of the globe, and we're doing it just here. And then other people can sit in and listen to us. That's incredible, man. So I just, I'm feeling very hopeful about our future and where we're going as a species and that we got a lot of things to look forward to in, in years to come. Yeah, I am too. And I think for me, like one of the things that kind of induced my awakening 10 years ago, like the start of some kind of awakening from the more limited self or 
ego identity was that I had this deep climate anxiety, like mass seeing mass extinction, seeing global warming, all these mm. things, like the ecosystems collapsing. And it was just like, I couldn't tolerate this internal state. That was one of the triggering things for my awakening. And where I am now, my perspective is I am hopeful as well, but I am also what I found works best for me as a person is a kind of Buddhist approach, which is being unattached to any kind of outcome. Like we might be experiencing the end of the civilization. We might be experiencing the, the awakening and uh, elevating of consciousness. I don't know, but I know this, I am freaking grateful to be alive, to have had the experience of being a human being, to have to have a loving wife, to have my two cats, to have deep connections in my life and to be able to just experience this journey of being a human being. And no matter what comes, I can have gratitude for having had this experience. And we can hope for the best, but I'm not attached to anything. What comes That's will great. come and who knows, we've never been able to predict the future before. We're really bad at predicting the future and the further out we try and go to predict it, we're even worse. Like it's, it's. That's, and Patrick, that's a wonderful thing to say, because I talk about that a lot. And a lot of the guests that I've had on the show too, it's really focusing in on the things that we can control. And, and that to me is it's in our inner states, how we engage with the world, the choices we make on a daily basis, the way we interact, that's what we have control over. Whether the world ends up bursting into flames and we all go down with it, there's little things that we can do in our day-to-day -day basis to ideally have that not happen. But so much of the stuff that happens on this planet and in our world is out of our control. But we have a lot of control in our lives and focusing on those things that we do control, our inner states, our intrinsic motion, uh, motivations, our values. Those are the things that can make the biggest impact in our everyday experience. And that gratitude that you just shared, Patrick, comes from doing that internal work. Gratitude isn't just an, a thing that happens. It's you create it in your life. And I think that's the, really for me, man, why I do this show is to say that we have so much power. And I love that you alluded to that because that's really what it comes down to. There's all this stuff that we're going to go through as a species. It's inevitable, but really what can we control? What can we focus on? Keying in on those things are, are really what it's about. Yeah. And I think, you know, it is about collectively and individually help each other to, to support each other to, to do this work, to transform our pain, to transform all the things that are standing in the way. Because if I look back on my life 10 years ago, I was creating suffering. I was creating suffering for myself. I was creating suffering for others. So I think at this point, one of my kind of the things that are close to heart to, for me, and the more work I do, the more I'm able to just decrease the amount of suffering I'm creating in the world, in my relationships and with myself. Just try to decrease suffering. And the way we do that is when we can live in truth and alignment with ourselves and be, be these present human beings who have evolved beyond the kind of limited idea about ourselves that keeps us stuck and the fear and all the things that are standing in our way. I, I resonate with what you share there about we. It's the work, but we're a collective, we're individuals, but in that collective, we are all individuals and we need to do that work for ourselves because 
in my that's how my world transformed when I transformed myself basically that's, that's it <laughs> the same Patrick and I look because it's it the work becomes embodying those things if every one of us would just take the responsibility and ownership of embodying presence, compassion, acceptance, truly embodying it. that That's the thing. It's easy to spit fire at other people and judge them and throw stones and all that. It's That's not embodying it. That's not embodying what we're describing. And so if we all took on the ownership of embodying these things, all this stuff that we're facing would take care of itself because it would rise out of us. All that inspiration, all that power, all the individuals that you're working with that achieve these incredible things, that energy then gets applied to meaningful, purposeful work. And the beautiful thing is, man, is it's going to be the most random, unique things, specific products, specific tools, the ways we do medicine, like all that stuff becomes possible to change when we tap into that power within us and we work to embody it. And so I love that message, Patrick. I love it, man. Well, listen, I, we're almost, it's been a little bit like an hour and 10, which is fantastic, man. It's been a great conversation, but I always end, I'd love to have you back on at some point, Patrick, because I feel like there were things that we did not talk about that we even talked about prior to recording. We didn't get to it all. So I'll definitely yeah, have I you back it. on if you will. It's yeah, great. I, I loved but, having this conversation with you. Well, I appreciate that, Patrick. But two things, though, as I as we always do with guests, is one: how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in learning more about what you do? And then a, a parting message that you'd like to share with the audience. Yeah, I, I can start with the parting message if that's okay. And that's perfect. And me, it yeah. and it taps into exactly what you said. I think as human beings, we have to ask ourselves, and that's why I ask my clients: Who do you want to be? Who is the version of yourself that you want to be? And then start acting like that person. Because that's the only way that we can start embodying that new version of ourselves. Who do you want to be? What are your values? Who do, how do you want to show up in the world? And then start acting like that person today. So I think just speaking about the virtues and the things like that is how we become the higher version of ourselves. Is through not faking it till you're making it, but believing it until you achieve it and start acting like the person you want to be. So I think, yeah, that's the way of embodying your values. So ask yourself, who do you want to be? And then start taking actions that are in line with that person. And that's how you become that person. That's so, definitely going to be a short that's going to get shared and pu pushed out on YouTube based on the shorts <laughs> that I create, Patrick. I know that. Well said, friend. <laughs> Under 60 seconds too. Boom. <laughs> Good. And if, if you want to get in touch, I am uh, primarily on LinkedIn. So my name, Patrick, only a K, Birkhane, B-I-R-K-H-A-N-E. And then I will pop up. And I'd love, if you want to connect with me, if you have any ideas or want to work together, get in touch. Or you just want to, if you liked our conversation here, you might enjoy my content and it might resonate with you. But once again, Brandon, thank you for having me. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I feel very connected to you on a heart level as well as a mind level. And I enjoy being able to have that just through this amazing technology that we're connected through. I know, it really is crazy. Well, and I appreciate you saying that, Patrick. I feel the same. We'll make sure to link to your LinkedIn there if anybody wants to connect with you. I can say for sure, if you are active on LinkedIn, I would recommend giving Patrick a follow creates great content, just very authentic, man. You're very honest about, I just love, as I said at the top of the show, I love that you're honest about the struggles, the challenges. 
I think especially as a coach or therapist, even in the, in the distinction there is very different, but I think sometimes we have this idea that we need to present this image, like this perfect image and that's bullshit. And so it's just, I'm very thankful because it's just by doing that, that's you embodying exactly like what we were talking about. So we'll definitely link to that in the show notes, Patrick. I think one thing that I love about podcasting, one of the many things is getting to connect with brilliant people like you and seeing the work that you do out in the world and watching your journey. And so I'm excited to see where you go from here, man, and how you continue to build and climb the internal mountain com combined with your external mountain connected to your coaching practice for you and your family, man. So I just appreciate you coming on. Thank you. And likewise, I'm looking forward to see what you're creating and building for yourself and your family. And we're going to be connected. So it's going to be awesome to Heck follow. Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Well, I appreciate that, Patrick. Well, for the audience, if you stuck around with us for, for almost an hour and 15 minutes, certainly appreciate the attention in the world that we live in today. That attention, that awareness is, is really everything. So I appreciate that. I know Patrick does as well. It's just an honor to be here with you and having you along for the ride. We hope you found value and insights in our conversation. New episodes drop every Thursday at 11 a.m. And I've got daily shorts going out on YouTube if you want to check it out there too. So make sure you subscribe, share it if you like it. Otherwise, until next time, y'all. Thank you for listening to Order Within. If you found the episode helpful, please consider sharing, rating, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, y'all.